the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. Why would God destroy the world by a flood? Why would God destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Why would he allow Jesus to die upon the cross? Why would he allow Jerusalem to be destroyed? The answer why this all happened is because of sin and disobedience. Why would God destroy the world in the days of Noah? Answer, because of sin and disobedience. Why would God obliterate the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of sin and disobedience. Why would God allow the death of his one and only son upon a cross? Because of sin and disobedience. Why would God destroy his own city? The city of Zion, the city of David, the city of the prophets, the city of Jerusalem. Answer, because of sin and disobedience. Now here's the point, and I hope, I hope that you're listening. If God spared not the world in the days of Noah because of sin and disobedience, and if God spared not the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of sin and disobedience, and if God spared not his one and only son because of sin and disobedience, and if God spared not the city of Jerusalem because of sin and disobedience, then he'll not spare us either. When you look at all the sin that's in our world today, all of the evil, the stealing, the cursing, the lying, the adultery, all the abortions that occur, all of the the murders that occur, the violence that exists, the disobedience, the pornography, the the greed, the immorality. Someone said, "If, if God doesn't judge the United States, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. And he, and he would owe them an ap- apology. All I want you to hear me is this. There is coming a day, there is coming a day where God is going to say, it's time. And when he says it's time, then the Lord Jesus, the wise ruler, is going to come and judge this entire world. That's point one. Now, here's point two. Write this down. This is called the written record. 
the written record. We again know at the beginning of the New Testament, we know that John the Baptist tells us that one day, or soon, that he introducing Jesus as the one who has a winnowing fork that will one day uh, judge this world. We know in the back, in the book of Revelation, we know that what we just read in Revelation chapter 14, that that day will one day be here. But here's my question. What did Jesus say? What is, what is the written account, the very words that Jesus himself spoke? I know what John the Baptist said. I know what John the Beloved writes in the book of Revelation. But what did Jesus say about this subject? I'm glad you asked that. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And I want to read to you the very words of Jesus. All right? Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you having a good time? Oh, listen. This, I know for some of you this is difficult to listen to, but it is so important. And again, I'm your best friend for telling you these things. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. And I'm just going to read through this. Starting with verse 24, Jesus told them, the disciples, another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat, and he went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked, do you want us to go and pull up those weeds? He said, no, he answered, because while you're pulling up those weeds, you may also root up the wheat with them. And then Jesus said these words at the end of this parable. He said, just let them all grow together. Just let them grow until the harvest. And at that time, at the time of the harvest, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Now, you read that parable, I read that parable, and we think to ourselves, what's he talking about? What, what is he talking about? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. Did anyone, did anyone ever tell you that you ask good questions? Did you know that you ask really good questions? Did you know that the disciples also ask that exact same question after Jesus told that story? The disciples said, Lord, you, you, you got to tell us, what are you talking about? And here's what Jesus responded. I want you to skip six verses. Go down to Matthew chapter 13. And look at verse 36, and Jesus himself explains what this parable means. The Bible says he left the crowd. He went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field that you told, well, that story that you told. Jesus, can you explain that to us? And he answered in verse 37, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. We know who that is. Verse 38, the field is the world. 
And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. Those are the people that are saved. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Verse 39, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest, the harvest is the end of this age. And the harvesters are the what? Are the angels. Stay with me. Verse 40. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. Verse 42, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And verse 43, then the righteous, those that are saved, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then Jesus said these words, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, you better pay attention to what I just said to you. Listen, we ask these questions. We always want to know who's saved. Is, is Kanye wet? Is he really a Christian? Is, is Donald Trump a Christian? Is Obama a Christian? You might want to ask that about the people in your living room right now. Look at the people in your room right there. Who, who saved and the question is, are you saved? That's, that's the main question you should be asking, is are you saved? And I will tell you, you can sit around all day. We can, do, we, can, we can play this game. You want to play this game? We can play the game. We can just sit around all day long and say, is he saved? Is she saved? Who's saved? Who's not saved? The point is this. There is coming a day of judgment. And when that day comes, the wise ruler, Jesus Christ, he will sift the wheat from the tares. The tares are people who are not saved. And Jesus will sift out the, the, the wheat from the tares, and the tares are going to be bundled together, and they're going to be destroyed in everlasting fire according to his words. But the saved, the wheat, he's going to welcome them, and we will go to live with him forever and ever and ever. Friends, ladies and gentlemen, you can read that over and over again. I want you to know that that is the written record, all right? Just remember that. that is, those are the words of Jesus himself. We come to point three. This is what we call the woeful reaping, the, woe, the woeful reaping. And again, I, I want us to go back, and I know we're kind of jumping back and forth. I want to go back one last time to the book of Revelation, because I want to read the rest of that passage. We, have, we haven't read the rest of it. I, I want to, starting there with verse 17, that says that another angel, and just to put this back in context, back up there in Revelation chapter 14, 14, we've already read this, that the Son of Man sitting on a cloud comes forth and he has a sickle in his hand. That's, that's verse 14. But Revelation 14 verse 17 says that another angel, look what it says, another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Verse 18, still another angel, 
who had charge of the fire came from the altar, called out in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, take your sharp sickle, gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vines because its grapes are ripe. Verse 19, the angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes, threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Verse 20, and they were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the press rising as high as a horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. All you need to know about that is that is saying that there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people who are going to be lost, and a lot of people who are going to end up in a place called hell. That's all that means right there. There's going to be a lot of people who are not going to make it to heaven. In the Bible, everyone, Bible times, everyone knew what a sickle was. It was a blade, a metal blade, a sword that was used for harvesting, just swung back and forth during, during harvest time. Those of us who live in a concrete jungle called a city, we're a little confused about what all this means. I'm going to sum it up for you right here. This is all symbolic. This is all a a metaphor. It's all a picture that one day there will be a day of harvest. And on that day, here's all you need to know. On that day, we will all reap what we have sown. That's what that says. Farmers and gardeners all know the three laws of harvest. I want you to write them down as quickly as you can. Number one, we always reap what we sow. If you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. If you sow wheat, you're going to reap wheat. If you sow trees, lemons, you're going to get a lemon tree. That's why my wife keeps asking me why I keep planting an In-N-Out burger in my backyard, because I'm hoping to, no, I'm not going to get an In-N-Out burger tree in my backyard. But if you plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. If you plant tomato seeds, you're going to get tomatoes. Every farmer knows the three laws of the harvest. You always reap what you sow. Number two, you always reap later than you sow. That's what the Bible, we know that, the law of harvest. I look at our world. I always, when I look at this world, I don't know what you think when you look at our world. I always think, God, why don't you do something? Why are you allowing all of these wars and these the strife and the aborting of children and the pornography and the movies and the music that are nothing but filth and all of the, the violence and the idolatry and the immorality and the hearts that are calloused because of sin. Why, God, do you allow all this? And God say, he always says, Dudley, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. God is waiting. He's waiting for the grapes to become fully ripe. Every farmer knows this terminology. In other words, don't let the slowness of God's wrath deter you from knowing that one day God is going to come judge this earth. And the third thing about the law of the harvest, write this down, you always reap more than what you sow. You always reap more than what you sow. 
If you live right, if you serve God, if you love Jesus, if you obey God, if you honor God, if you sow those seeds, oh, your reward in heaven is going to be greater than anything that you could ever possibly imagine. Aren't you excited about that? But at the same time, if you deny God and you deny Jesus and you've done nothing but sow seeds of sin and disobedience, you need to know that hell is going to be far worse than you could ever possibly imagine. Now, I've said everything I've said, everything I've said, everything I've said up to this point. I've said to say this next thing I want to say to you. So I hope you're listening, and I hope I have your attention. I say this to you as lovingly as I can. Jesus is unbiased in his love He's unbiased in his compassion, but he's also unbiased in his judgment. You and I will one day stand before an almighty God, and we will be judged based on one thing and one thing only. Did you ever put your faith, your trust, your life in Jesus' hands? Have you ever recognized and acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of God's grace? Have you ever admitted that you cannot get there based on your own merit, that there's nothing that you could ever do to ever earn salvation? Have you ever taken what's called a step of faith? Have you ever surrendered to Jesus Christ? And if you would only see Jesus Clearly, I mean with 2020 vision. Yes, he's a sweet, he's kind, he's gentle, he's gracious, he loves you unconditionally. Yes. But if you see him clearly, you will also know that one day this loving, gracious Jesus, the savior of ours will come to judge this old world. He's unbiased in that anybody can be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, he's unbiased in that anybody can be saved if they accept God's grace, if they accept God's mercy. If not, if not, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how many good deeds you've done, you will one day stand condemned before an almighty God if you've never put your faith in Jesus. I close with point four. I close with this. I'll ask Michiko just to play. And that is what I call the weighty response. Oh, stay with me. Oh, you've listened so well. Stay with me here. What is the most important response that anyone could ever make based on what you've heard here today? I have two little subpoints. One is that today is the day of salvation. That's what 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 tells us that today, today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, but today is the day of salvation. Today, in your house, I want you to look around the room. How many people are with you around your computer? Are there two people, three, four, five? Or are, you the, are you the only one that's watching? Then that's fine. You can be saved today. You must be saved today. Why? Because tomorrow, write this down, 
Tomorrow may be too late. Tomorrow may be too late. Isaiah tells us to seek the Lord while he may be found. To call on him while he's near. And I'm telling you, if you're here and you're listening, that he's near. I believe he put me here and he put you there so you can hear this message. I want you to understand that there is no one who loves you as much as Jesus. There's no one who's as gracious as Jesus. There's no one who's as merciful as Jesus. But do not forget the point that one day this compassionate Lord is going to return to this earth and he's going to judge the living and the dead. I close with these two verses, Hebrews 9, verse 27. It says, just as man is destined to die, and after that to face the judgment. You are, you are destined to die. I, I, I'm, I'm a dead man walking. You're a dead man walking. The Bible says we are destined to die. It's our destiny. It's our destiny. We're all going to die. And if you don't die of the virus, you're going to die of something, but we're all going to die. And after that, to face the judgment. Now notice what these words say in Hebrews 9, 28. We, we, we looked at this a couple weeks ago, but you've got to get this right now. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. He died on that cross to take away your sins. We should have had to have died. But the Bible says that Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of, of many people. He will appear a second time. He's coming back a second time. This is very important. He's coming back a second time not to bear sin. He already did that. He did that on the cross 2,000 years ago. And in a sense, that was the wrath of God. In other words, every single person, every one of us, all of us, we deserve we deserve the wrath of God because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. The only way you can escape the wrath of God in this life is if you put your faith in Jesus Christ because if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, the wrath for your sins, it took place on a hill outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Jesus already died for your sins. So you escape. You escape that wrath if, if you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ. But now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888 818 we have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. 
We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. Romancing Royalty is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.